Welcome to another episode and a new season of the Wild Truth Chase podcast. I'm here, and I'm here with my co-host, Nick Schaefer. How are you doing, Nick? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing, Neeraj? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, I forgot to introduce myself there. Yeah, it's Neeraj. (laughs) Hope everyone's doing well out there. Okay, so this is our first episode in a slightly different direction, which we'll expand on in a minute. But I just wanted to ask, Nick, is there any preliminary items before we move forward with today's content? We did have the usual question poll out from our last episode, and we were our last episode was a pardon the interruption episode where we took a little time to explain a slightly new direction for the podcast, and we asked a question asking for suggestions given this new direction and also whether people were interested in the new direction or not. And fortunately, it seems like those who responded to the poll are interested in this new direction. And we had one suggestion in particular, which was to look at data related to countries and different aspects of what it's like to live in different countries. And I thought that was a really good suggestion. And I can imagine one that we'll get to pretty soon, because there's also a whole bunch of questions I'd like to look into about different countries. But yeah, that's that new direction that we've referred to. It's a more data-driven direction. So we're still going to be Uh, trying to learn things, but we're going to try to learn things by using data and also exploring the data behind those things to give a little bit more insight and maybe use our own skills a bit better to add more value to the podcast. Yeah, it doesn't have to become only learnings from doing data analysis. Certainly, when you enter a new subject, there's a whole lot of learning that you have to do just by reading and talking to people and doing kind of non-quantitative learning. We're going to just try to sprinkle in at least a little bit of looking for data, talking about data, and publishing some light data analyses along with our episodes. Awesome. All right. So do you want to introduce today's episode, Nick? Yeah. Just So just going into this, we're notorious at this point for not taking the suggestions that our kind audience provides. And that's really not intentional. But one thing that I had on my mind was we're looking to improve the podcast in various ways. And one way that you mentioned, Neeraj, was to try to bring a little bit more to it. So we are people who have experience doing data analysis and data science. And so hopefully the podcast and related content will be more enriching for people if we bring a little bit of that aspect to it. But another thing that I've noticed in myself when I'm looking for content to engage with is that it really is much more engaging if there's some sort of story attached to it. So it's not just some kind of like cold analysis of some disembodied subject. A couple examples that come to mind for me recently are a podcast that I am listening to called Bundyville. And that's about a group of ranchers in the West of the United States that are famous for, for example, like taking over a wildlife refuge and having armed standoffs with government officials and stuff like that. And then last night I made a really terrible decision, which was to stay up much like way past my bedtime and watch the entire three-part series on the MH370 uh, incident where the it's a Boeing 777 that was en route from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. And then 
seemingly just disappeared. And there's a bunch of theories about what happened to it. And I won't ruin it for anybody who wants to watch the series. But those aspects made me think, okay, even if we're going to go in a more data-driven direction, it'd probably be good to stick with subjects that are on people's minds or have some story attached to them. Yeah, I do love a bit of narrative. And you also mentioned a desire to do some cliffhangers at some point when we flex our narrative skills a bit more or when we improve them, we'll try and have some cliffhangers at the end of each episode. Yeah, that, that's probably too much to ask for in the near future, but we're trying to improve along multiple dimensions here. Yeah. So in thinking about what subject to tackle next, okay, again, going back to something that happened earlier in the podcast, we had been just like going along and not being very intentional about how we chose our subjects, at least as it relates to what's in the news. And then we stumbled upon a topic that was in the news and incorporated it into one of our episodes. And I think we believe now talking about ChatGPT is probably what increased our listens above their kind of baseline level. I think the phenomenon we believe is happening is that if something is very popular in the news, people will search for it. And maybe people who wouldn't normally tune into the Wild Truth Days podcast might have clicked on that episode just because it had ChatGPT in the episode description. I think there's plenty of evidence now that actually that is probably the right interpretation of the of the increase in numbers around that episode. I think at the time I was countering with the fact that it could have been uh, that news of my comedic skills had got around, but uh, clearly that's not the case. Many people have told me that for sure is not the case. Enough that it, it can... <laughs> message received, let's say. Yeah, so... Today's episode is about Silicon Valley Bank. I actually know very little about this, apart from my brother telling me about Silicon Valley Bank about two days ago, but it didn't really register because I had no previous previous idea that it even existed. What was your, like, how did you encounter this news, Nick? Yeah. So, I mean, the audience may be wondering what was with that huge rambling preamble that I just gave about narrative and data-driven and it just occurred to me when I saw this news story appear, first of all, it's something that people care a lot about. There are emotions on both sides, all sides, let's say, of this story. And it's making big splash in the news now. And it also seemed to me like something where some aspect of data-driven journalism, if you want to call it that, would be helpful. And so I just started searching and I didn't immediately find direct analyses of related data. What I did see is some people mentioning that some people who pay close attention to these things had predicted on the basis of some analysis that they did that this was going to happen, that this bank would go under. Um, but it's pretty hard to find things like that. So one ask I will make of the audience is, if you know of direct data analyses related to this story, please send them in. So I'll be asking about that probably in the question and answer this week. And you're also welcome to email us at wildtruthchase at outlook.com any point. And so if you know of uh, anal data analyses related to this story, please send them in so we can gain inspiration for what we're going to be doing. Yeah, like I, I from my side, I don't even know what sort of what sort of data gets recorded or what is required by Lord for, for banks to report. I guess something about their... I guess they, they have to report something, but I don't know if that's enough to be able to determine the strength or weakness of the bank. And then again, all these rules are different by country. So again, what are the rules in, in America? So we did find some data sources on, what was it called? The, the FDIC. FDIC, okay. That's the... Yeah, uh, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Okay. So um, we'll have a link to their 
API in the references this week, and we haven't gotten to dig into that data in particular much yet, but I think it could be an interesting thing to look at in the future. So that off with, we have just done some very basic looking at the data we could get a hold of, and that was simply stock price data. Um, and you should be able to find just a, it's just a very basic analysis of, of a plot of the stock price data. And I think that's on both our GitHub and on a data law page. Is that right, Nick? Yeah. So this gives us a little opportunity to talk about some of the tools that we're thinking about using to try to share some additional content with people as we go forward with this new theme of ours. One of the tools is indeed GitHub. So that's a well-known repository website for sharing code and doing version control. And it's probably the most popular such site. And then there's another tool called Datalore, which is from a company called JetBrains that most famously makes a product called PyCharm and several other IDEs. But Datalore is their sort of collaborative data science notebook environment. And it allows you to work in a multiplayer fashion with other people on notebooks and then also publish reports so that they can be viewed by people. We've basically just, for this week, kept things very simple. We downloaded some stock price data for Silicon Valley Bank since its inception until recently when trading was closed on it and plotted it on a log scale from 1983 to 2023. And one thing about that is that on that scale, it looks just like an exponential rise in the price over time. And then the crash that's causing so many news stories right now is just a small blip right at the end, but it, you, it does stick out. You can see that it's like quite a large drop in a short amount of time. Yeah, so having looked at the stock price, I did feel compelled to look at the the website today, and then I also looked back at a in the Wayback Machine at a previous version. So today, the website says on Friday, March tenth, twenty twenty three, Silicon Valley Bank, Santa Clara, California, was closed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. Subsequently, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation (FDIC) was named receiver. No advance notice is given to the public when a financial institution is closed. So what did what was the Silicon Valley Bank saying a week ago, Nick? Yeah, it's a pretty funny contrast. As Neeraj mentioned, we went to the Wayback Machine and found the website just one week ago. And the headline on the website is proactive guidance for the long run. It's good. They couldn't take care of the short term, though. <laughs> it's just, I guess we should say that there is a, potentially a lot of people being hurt by this. Condolences to anybody out there who's been affected by this, but it's just a little bit funny how their slogan clashes with the reality of what's happened to them because they've gone from proactive guidance for the long run to uh, the bank has been closed with no advance notice. Yeah, I think that this is also a great topic, at least for me, in that there's a lot for me to learn here because I'm starting almost from zero in my knowledge of banking. And it'll be interesting to learn about that in the lens of this sort of unfolding news story. Yeah, I wonder how much how much data we will be able to get about how the whole thing unraveled, how it went from proactive guidance for the long for the long run to like all our assets are now controlled by the FDIC. Um, I have been messing around a bit with blockchains recently. And the thing that struck me there is that all transactions are public. So it, it is actually quite easy to dig into the data and see, try and understand what happened. But I really wonder how much data they'll put out in terms of what happened here. Yeah. You did mention some, like the, this is 
this definitely has, is going to cause some people serious problems. Do you want to expand on that? Because I know this was a conversation that we were just having before recording. Yeah. And again, like the caveat here is that I'm just learning now about this. What I've seen is on social media is that there are kind of two sides to this. Some people see this bank failure, and especially if the name of the bank is Silicon Valley Bank, I think a lot of people are just prone to being opposed to anything with the name Silicon Valley in it. And they may, if they're not cheering on its demise, they're at least saying that, oh, there's, you shouldn't do anything to save it because they I think there's an assumption that whoever's involved with this, like everyone who's involved with it is just some kind of like rich nerd who doesn't deserve their help. And of course, like the other side of it is that my understanding is that the bank had deposits from a lot of startups. So small companies that don't employ people that are necessarily very wealthy and, you know, what this means is that they're insured, I think, up to a certain point, but a lot of startups aren't going to be able to make payroll very much longer after this. Yeah, I think that it'll be interesting to learn a little bit more about these two sides or points of view about what has happened here and what should be done. From what I could gather, it's insured up to a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah, Which, which for like a company is not a lot yeah, of money. it's not a lot. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a lot for an individual, but for a company, it isn't very much. The thing that sprang into my mind, and again, this is because of the connotation, the Silicon Valley connotation is socialism for the rich and capitalism for the poor, about how you socialize risk. And... But Nick's point, and it's a fair point, is that who expects risk in a, a business checking account? And I think that's a fair point too. Definitely, if it was my money, it happened to, yeah, I would, my view on this would obviously be different. Yeah. Awesome. There's a lot to learn here. Please continue to tune in week to week. And in the audio episodes, our plan is to talk a little bit about what analysis we did this week, what we found out, also what else we've been reading about it and hopefully also what the audience is sending in. It probably will mean that the audio episodes will be a little shorter on average, but that's because we're having to also dig into some data with the same time constraints. So hopefully that's worth it. It's an experiment as always here on the Wild Truth Chase podcast, and I'm interested to see how it's going to turn out. Yeah, I'm excited. Always hopeful. I hope there's going to be plenty of data for us to dig into and try and understand what happened. But as always, data is or can be a challenge. We'll see how it goes. All right, Nierch. Well, thanks for joining me as always, and I'll see you next week. See you next week, Nick.